everybody this is Katie with the great reset today we are going to be releasing some of the resistance in our lives whether it be of shame or anxiety we're going to be looking at those parts of ourselves that shame us the parts of ourselves that we don't particularly like we're going to be taking a look at those and finding compassion for those pieces of us I'm sure you've seen many people that don't particularly look at themselves. They don't particularly look at their part in things. And those generally are the people that are shaming everyone else. They're shaming a group of people or they believe that their way is the right way and is the only way. And they're looking at what's wrong, quote unquote, with everyone else. Those people right now are pretty loud. As a collective, as a group, you know, in terms of humanity, it's on the rise because it needs to be cleared. It needs to be cleared. It needs to be released. And for those of you that are able to look at your shame, that are ready to dive into, look at, and find compassion and love for that shame love for that inner part of you we're going to be able to not only help ourselves but be able to help the planet and humanity in general by being that example whether it be an energetic example or just an example of how physically do that to physically maybe it's going through the steps and teaching someone else or it could be just the fact that somebody tries to shame you and because you've done your work and your inner shaming you've looked at that you've made peace with that aspect of yourself when someone else shames you it's not going to bother you and that in itself is a teacher to others and it helps pave the way for other people to release their resistance to the shame and this is something that I learned kind of recently and it's a different way to think about it so I wanted to bring it to you um, in hopes that it can help you as well because anytime we release resistance anytime we incorporate a part of ourselves that we we deny or we shame or we don't like anytime we incorporate that then we are creating inner union we are creating a place where we're not so fragmented um you know we've talked about before in some of the other podcasts how we start off as this whole complete person this whole complete soul and parts of our being get fragmented we leave parts of it behind because we find that certain parts are unacceptable in society so we try and hide away certain parts of ourselves and the process of reintegration is how we get peace in our lives, bringing those pieces, finding those pieces of ourselves, bringing them back and incorporating them back into ourselves with love and not with shame. For example, if you grew up loving music, but you grew up into a family that didn't value musical arts and they valued let's say mathematics and facts and rules 
you might push that part of you aside and not really access it or maybe you didn't have enough money to have an instrument when you were little and you felt that that was the only way that you could really express that musical talent for whatever reason you express you repress that that desire that passion for for music so that's one of your parts that within time you're going to reintegrate within yourself so it's just finding these pieces that we've lost along the way the parts that we've suppressed the parts that we think are unacceptable or that aren't going to work or um or might cause division or or us to be how do I want to say um kind of separated from the tribe so to speak I heard a quote recently that talked about um what was it I'm sorry fear and honesty or integrity being one in the same and I believe it was from Teal Swan and she talked about this and said that if you are to have the courage to be you and in full integrity of who you are it means that you're going to separate yourself from other people you're not going to be people pleasing and that's where the fear aspect comes in you have to be willing to put yourself in a place where you're 100% authentically yourself where you are honest with yourself where you're honest in the world and completely who you are and to be completely who you are takes courage and it takes setting fear aside or even not even setting fear aside maybe still having the fear but yet still remaining in integrity to yourself regardless and those things are synonymous like with each other now I apologize for that beeping I will turn that off because I am working at the same time which means I'm driving um but I still want to bring this message to you as it's coming through very strong right now something that I just realized in a different way and in a way that's very helpful so another example that I actually want to set that no matter where you are and what you're doing you can still help the collective you can still teach what you learn and don't let things stand in your way whether you have a full-time job or part-time job or wherever you are you can still contribute and you can still be a part of your dreams you can still make progress towards your dreams and done beats perfect whether you're absolutely spotless in what you do is not as important as actually accomplishing something so I just want to send that bit out there to you that you know things are not always going to be perfect but it's more important that you get something done and you can always fix things later for the most part now in the beginning of this show we talked about reintegration we talked about shame so how can we integrate how can we bring that part of us that's shaming into the forefront instead of trying to push him away 
And now I'm going to actually personify this aspect of ourselves. And I think that's important to give that person a voice and to let shame speak. Because within that shame is actually someone that's very afraid. They're very fearful and perhaps the most fearful part or aspect of ourselves. And generally we see shame as, you know, somebody that comes out and just mentions something um, to break you down and then goes away. Like, you can't do it or um, <laughs> or you really suck at things or you're never going to get it or you don't understand or whatever that shaming voice says. Like, why are you even believing in that? It's never going to work anyway. Um, you know, you're too big, you're too small, you're you're too whatever, you're too poor, just stop, just stop trying. And that's the part of you that's needing love because generally we take that part of ourselves and we try and suppress it in some way. We try and suppress it and say that that part of ourselves, um, you know, is not welcome. And then we add shame on top of the shame. We add shame on top of the shame and that makes it even worse. Because that being, that is, if we personify that, that being is full of shame anyway. And then we're adding more shame to it. So it's almost as if it's just getting more and more angry. So what we're going to do is take that aspect of ourselves, that shame, and give it a voice. And bring it to the forefront and expose it because it's a being that kind of hides in the shadows so to speak and just comes out and says little snippy remarks and then goes back in and this was my experience in speaking to my shame and allowing that to have a voice is I found that that aspect of myself was fiercely trying to protect me it was trying to protect me from some of the worst feelings that I've ever had in my life and it didn't want me to re-experience that and it didn't want the depression and the anxiety to get so bad that um, I would come to a place in my life where I was suicidal again and that's where that shaming voice actually came from it was shaming me because it it was putting these questions in my mind like, are you sure you want to do that? Because I'm really afraid that if you do that, then we're going to end up back in that place again. And, and that actually is the protective aspect of myself that I really sought to find outside of myself. And that was the part of me that was really concerned about me and wanted the best for me and was willing to tell me no. It was willing to stand up and say, hey, this is a dumb idea. Whether it was, whether that's really true or not is yet to be determined. There is no, I guess, ultimate truth in some ways. But you know, that was the aspect that I've always, like I said, I've always sought to have externally. I always thought that that would come from a partner. This feeling of protection, this feeling of somebody having your back, this feeling of somebody being the fail safe and the, like, the net 
that would catch you or the person that would, you know, allow you to do and be and and be in your feminine energy and then flow and and enjoy life, but they would be there just in case and would kind of raise the red flag and say, "Hey, that's a bad idea. You've gone too far." So you feel like you feel safe um, you know, just being yourself and and knowing that that system is in place. Just like for example, um, if you have, if you're cooking on a stove and you get too close to the fire, you know that there is a fail safe within your body, which is, um, you know, the reaction and pain that comes from touching the fire or getting too close to the fire. You know that you can cook and have a good time and enjoy that creative process. And you know that there's a fail safe in there that is going to protect you from the feeling of fire. If you didn't have that, if you didn't have that part of you that's like, hey, you're too close to the fire, you might go through and not be able to be as expressive and not be able to have as much fun and be as creative because you are constantly worried and trying to, you know, worried about being burned or worried about, um, about getting too close to the fire or something of that nature. So by having that, I would um, say that masculine side, it creates a container or a safe place for the creative feminine energy. And that's always a beautiful thing. So that piece, I found that that piece within me was that in part masculine energy. It was the logical brain. It was the logical intellectual part that said, hey, this is what happened before. This is what could happen again. Yes, some of it was based in fear. Some of it was based in concern. Some of it was based in logic. And as we know, there's a lot more to life than the logical part. There's a lot more to life than we can completely understand. So kind of back to the example of cooking, you know, I might not know all the different combinations, all the different variations that would make an amazing dish. Or I might not completely understand the science behind what I'm doing and why this tastes good. Or, you know, I just, I go with my senses. I go with my feelings about, you know, what feels good to me to put together or what ingredients I'm drawn to or what flavors I really like. Like, that's how I'm creating. I'm creating with that that other sense that I don't completely understand. And while maybe there is some scientific or logical um, way to explain that, I don't completely know that. Um, I don't know the science between how, you know, flavor combinations go together or how it works that... I generally am attracted to things that I need in my body. For example, if I'm wanting a banana, maybe my body needs potassium. I don't intellectualize all of that. A lot of things are done without the intellectual and the logical mind. So that part is very important, the logical mind, because it helps us to go through steps and processes, but it's not absolutely everything. There is a duality. We can't just be all in masculine energy. We can't be all in feminine energy, of course. And so that's how I'm kind of defining the two aspects of self, the logical being the more masculine part. And all this is within us. We both have masculine and feminine, no matter what we, um, 
what we identify ourselves with. Um, we still have both of those aspects. And then I'm describing the feminine aspect within ourselves as more of the creative, the creative aspect that's in touch with our intuition and our feelings and our emotions. And when we marry those two aspects within ourselves, it's very similar to marrying the logical or the fear-driven, not to say that masculine is fear-driven, but it's more of a logical way of looking at things, the intellectualization of what's happening. And sometimes that causes the fear because we don't always see how all the pieces are going to fit together. And that's really the beauty of creation in some ways and how, how the best creations in the world have really come is you see the vision in your mind's eye first. You have this passion, this desire for something to, to be birthed, to manifest. And even with the birth of our children, we don't completely understand the process of, you know, of how the baby is made within us how the baby continues to grow, you know, after conception. We don't, we don't completely, you know, people that are mothers, they can't describe the process that's happening, but there's something else that, that is working through them and an inner knowing that's programmed within. We can't completely intellectualize all of that. And it's the same way with our dreams is sometimes we can just get the ball rolling and we put that out there into the world that we want this and we just have to follow the steps as we go along and the path begins to unfold. It's like having a flashlight and you know that um, that you want to get on a path that's perhaps to the right or a staircase that's to the right, but you can only see a little bit in front of you at a time. And there's like a, like a yellow painted line to the staircase, but you can't see where the, where it's going to lead. You have to just keep walking in order to find it. Another really great analogy that, (laughs) that came to me yesterday, I was at the stream and I've literally been playing in streams my entire life. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Um, I've been playing in streams my entire life and (laughs) I was going across, um, or I was thinking about going across the stream. Maybe I was coming back either way. And you have to hop on the rocks to get across. Now, sometimes you can look at the stream and be like, (laughs) and think, oh my gosh, how am I going to get across? Because maybe rocks are too far apart. Maybe there are some rocks that are halfway underwater. Maybe there's some rocks that have like algae or um, like this slippery green stuff. I don't even know what it is, but I know I don't want to step on it. So you can think of all the reasons if you stand at the at the bank uh, or, you know, where the water begins and you look across at the rocks that are there as options to step on and you don't always know how you're going to get across. You don't know. And if you sit there, you could sit there forever and try and determine, okay, is this rock wobbly? Is this rock big enough? Do I have, you know, are they spaced perfectly enough so that I can get across? And that could really um, get you in a place where you're stuck. And the only way that I found really to get across 
And even to get across things that are seemingly hard or seemingly impossible, like let's say that there are rocks that are really wobbly, is to just book it and go. Because once you start going across, you find a way because you leave yourself no out. It's the same way with our dreams. It's, we have to just keep, just go and the path will unfold. So, you know what? And by the time you get on that rock that's wobbly, you have so much momentum that you're just carried over the rock. Like, you know, you barely put any pressure on it anyway. And then you just jump to the next one and you're just like moving so fast that it just, it just flows. And it's so analogous of how life is and how dreams happen is seeing the picture in our minds And then just following the path. And once you get so much momentum, the logic in all of it is, I don't want to say it's not there. I'm saying we just can't completely understand all of it. So being completely in our logical mind is not the way to accomplish our dreams. And then being completely in this daydream, um, world where we're not looking at the things that are actually going on and the truth of the situation right now is not a good plan either. So when we're working on ourselves, it's going to be balancing those two aspects of ourselves where we're still looking at the physical world and what's happening right now and what dreams we want to accomplish and what we can do in the present moment in the now to make later just a little bit better. when I was talking to my shame is that (laughs) if I really felt into it and really believed everything that my shame told me, (laughs) I would have actually been in that place that my shame really didn't want me in. It was trying to protect me from feeling so depressed that I would be suicidal. But to be honest, if I listened to everything and all the negativity and all the pessimism that my shame was throwing, if I would have listened to that, I would really feel like there's no reason to live. So it was interesting that that part of me was trying to protect me, but yet was um, was not totally in understanding of what it was say what it was accomplishing but in in what its effect would be if I completely adopted some of those thoughts but the important part is is that I was actually in a place where I could be appreciative of that part because that was a part of me that was trying to protect me and trying to help me and so by making peace with that part of myself and not shaming that part and telling it to go away Um, but actually appreciating it for what it was attempting to do with the logical mind, I could then reintegrate it back into myself. And that gave me more inner peace. And that's, I think, something that we're going to be continually doing as humanity continues to evolve. Because now we're seeing these wars on the outside, these physical wars between between countries and between people is because we have these inner wars within ourselves so the more we heal these inner conflicts the more we make peace with that part of ourselves that we maybe don't particularly like um, or want to show other people 
when we make peace with those aspects of ourselves, we're then creating peace within so that there can be peace without. So it's important that if you are, um, you know, meditating every day, if you are self-reflective, that this is a this is a part that you can really help with for yourself and for other people. Now, another thing that I uh, <laughs> that I learned when I talked to my shame as well is that um, we could come to some type of an understanding. And knowing that all of all of shame's way was not correct, and all of the way that my you know maybe my childlike or my feminine side um, would like to believe, not all of that aspect was correct, but somewhere in the middle ground, um, you know, was a good answer. Was something that both of us could get behind, or to just at least start trying to make a make a middle ground where we could agree on certain things and you know we could come to agree by completely adopting that that mindset and the pessimism of the uh, shame would lead us to a very dark place so we could agree on that we could also agree on the fact that uh, just completely being 100% in our heart and not looking at all at the, the physical world things is going to lead us to a place where, you know, uh, financially perhaps you're not in a really good place. Uh, if you're completely in your heart and you're just going with the flow, sometimes you don't pay attention to some of the things that need to be done or maybe the truth of the situation. And, um, and sometimes it can cause you to see people in a way where maybe you see their soul or you see the good aspects in them, but you um, overlook some of the truth of the situation and that could get you into some trouble. So it's important to be able to see both aspects and, and really work through those and find a common ground. And so that was the beauty in looking at my shame is to be able to see that other side and to be able to bring that within myself and, and to say, hey, thank you. Thank you for the times where you're trying to get my attention that, and, and protect me. You're trying to get my attention to say, hey, this might lead us to a really bad place. Hey, are you really sure you want to do this? And sometimes I think that's why... And I've, <laughs> I've come to understand that's why sometimes manifestation takes a while too, is there are parts of us that aren't in agreement with that, or there are parts of us that, you know, maybe we can refine it to make it even better. That's why sometimes the manifestations do take time because we can improve them. We can make them more tailored to what would be a great fit for us. So this week, I would encourage you to sit down with your shame, personify it, and bring it out. Bring it out into the light and really talk to it and understand what's going on, um, what it's feeling, and try to really understand it. Because, you know, people say that they, that they want love so much, but the truth is, is that love a lot of times is understanding. It's coming from your side 
and completely going on their side to understand how they got to that perspective, to drop your perspective, to drop your opinion on things and completely see it from their point of view. Because that's how one feels loved. That's how one feels completely understood. And if you're working as a team with either someone else or just an aspect of yourself or even humanity in general, working as a team collectively, you know, if we could drop our, not to say that we want to abandon our opinions, but to completely understand another human being means that we can take on their perspective and completely and try our best to really understand their point of view because if we just shoot down another person's point of view don't have compassion for it don't have understanding for it it doesn't mean that we have to abandon our opinion but just to understand why they have that opinion why how they came to that conclusion how they might be feeling and the importance of that is Union. It's the same union that you have when you're taking your shame and you're understanding it. It's bringing that aspect that's that's different and including it and saying it's okay. Like we don't have to agree, but I I understand your point of view because all of us are really one in a whole. Like all of these parts of us, all like say for example, a restaurant full of employees. They have to work as a team. And if one is throwing shade on the other one or not liking the other one or being angry at another one, and they're not going to be as successful of a team as if they they understand the other person's point of view. They understand, okay, well, if I'm slow on my station and I'm slow on my work, then that's going to actually affect the other person's work. And maybe they won't be able to get out on time. Or maybe they, they're not going to be able to serve the customer fast enough. And eventually that's going to reduce hours because more people aren't going to come in. You know, the, the tenure in that restaurant is not going to be as high because people are not working together. It's no, it's more tension. It's more, um, resistance to each other instead of working together as a team. You know, certain people, they might like, um, be mad at another person or start a rumor or be gossipy or something like that towards another team member and think that they won maybe by spreading that rumor but then in fact that other member of their team is feeling sad is feeling depressed and and maybe that person was a good worker maybe they were not as productive as other people but irregardless that's a member of their team that now feels disheartened that now is not working at their full capacity and that hampers the whole entire team wherein if somebody came to that person and really tried to understand from their perspective another person came from their perspective and there's a mediator in the middle to help each other to understand each other's perspective and to work together to a get the customer taken care of as fast and as efficiently as possible which is probably their you know and to have a good time while doing it while producing like a safe environment you know where they can get the customer something that is um you know food safe and is healthy you know that's probably the main objective of course everybody wants to make money in their job and be paid for it but they also do want to do a good service and do a good job and 
and get out on time and get home to their families or whatever it is. So, you know, when we take these different aspects of ourselves, we have to take it almost as if we're mediating between people that we love and care about, that we're the manager sitting in between two team members that have two different points of view on things. So we're going to sit in the middle between the shame maybe and our inner child or the sh- or the shame in ourselves and our soul, whatever it is, these two aspects of ourselves and come together and say, hey, what are our common goals here? Whether it's to not be in pain, to live a great life, to feel loved. And we're going to mediate between those two parts instead of throwing shade on that other person or that other part of ourselves. It's the same kind of dynamic and bringing that whole team together to work towards that goal where one person is not resentful of the other person. One person understands the other person. You know, in understanding, you can drop your resentment. So I want to leave you with that today. I feel very hyped about this, very opinionated because it's going to be the key to peace within and peace without. And and that's what it's about. It's this duality of both pieces and reintegrating all these pieces of ourselves. And that's what we have to do. Whether we imagine it, we sit at home and, and we imagine two piece, two parts of ourselves. We have two chairs or maybe two stuffed animals and they're both talking to each other. We get over, we have to get over the, how that quote unquote might look. It's the way that we can get to a place of peace, the way that we can get to a place of inner union, the way that we can get to a place of understanding ourselves and accepting ourselves and loving ourselves. Because if we're not, we're going around with all this hate, we're spreading hate, we're spreading frustration, we're spreading shame, we're pointing shame at other people. And as a society, as a collective, we can see where that's headed. We can see where that's headed and it's not in a good place for us personally and for us as a community. So I encourage you to do this work within yourself. It doesn't even have to be shame. It could be other pieces of yourself that are conflicting and make peace within. Have a great week, guys.